Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of the BA Sales Kennel Kelp Holistic Healing Hour with your host and moderator, me, Grandpa Bell. Welcome, one and all. Some of you via invitation are applicable. Ubiquitous audience, all audiences, welcome, one and all. We are growing exponentially with your help. We appreciate you continuing to pay it forward. It allows us to remain subscription-free. We're here each and every day, last five years and running. Three different podcast shows, a YouTube channel. Please do like us, share us, thumbs up. Continuing to look for subscriptions to build the overall audience for hopefully the appreciation of the overall message that we do here. Now in full retirement, goodwill and ambassadorship, food for the mind, the body, and the soul. In about ten seconds, I'm going to continue what I recently started in some of our archival shows, specifically concentrating on Mr. Magoo, the character, the cartoon character, in my archival issues as it pertains to the great novel by Charles Dickens, The Christmas Carol, and so many things about business and in life, and all the analogies. And about meditating, and having Mr. Magoo do several things in scenes with Bob Cratchit in our archival shows. Today, I'm going to do a little different twist and interject, interject another mnemonic that I've been doing with the magnetic memory method technique in my assemblage of maybe memoirs, maybe writing. Most assuredly, trying to keep my brain focused and centered. So today, I thought I'd have a little fun, flashing back to being a child of the 1950s and 60s. I loved game shows at that time, and one of my favorites was GE College Bowl. And I've even alluded to way back when I was a kid. At the time, when I was in then middle school. Come to find out, a few years before I was in middle school, one of my cohorts at the time's brother represented Bowdoin College here in Maine on the panel of GE College Bowl, and I quite fondly remember、uh, that show in particular. So I'm gonna have some fun with holograms, holograph meditation, and we're gonna kind of have it in. A little bit of a game show atmosphere. Alice Cooper and his stage acts, encompassed with Mr. Magoo's acts of many kinds, in a game show format. Square off, talking about meditation and holograms, and how they would meditate, and a whole lot more. <laughs> Stay with us. We'll be right back in ten seconds. And thanks for joining us.、We'll、be here for about thirty minutes. Okay, welcome back, and thanks for being here. And let's introduce today's segments and scenes under the guise of. Game show format, as I said in the opening. So, welcome to the first ever holographic 
Meditation Game Show. Today, our contestants are the legendary shock rocker Alice Cooper and the beloved cartoon character Mr. Magoo. Interject, audience cheering. <laughs> you cheer. You clap. <clears throat> You're in the studio, audience. I'm your host and moderator of the game show, Grandpa Bill. Welcome. Let's start with a simple question. Alice, what is your understanding of holograms? Alice Cooper speaking. A hologram is a three-dimensional image that is created by light. It's like a ghost, but it's not real. Counterpoint, Mr. Magoo. What do you see when you meditate? Mr. Magoo speaking. I see a lot of things, but mostly I see the world as it should be—a world without war, poverty, or hunger; a world where everyone is happy and healthy. Grandpa Bill interjecting. That was the key point, if there was one, hopefully, in my series of a little bit of adaptation of Mr. Scrooge, Bob Cratchit, kind of flash-forwarding in life and business. In a modern-day time frame, I actually outlined and outlaid a scene between those two, based on the book when Mr. Magoo, well, as the character of Scrooge, Scrooge in the book, at the end became more compassionate as the theme of the story. So the answers retorting here is now the new Mr. Magoo, again, feeling. What is the best way to clear your mind while meditating? The new Mr. Magoo. Focus on your breath. Don't worry about any thoughts or feelings that come up. Just focus on your breath. Correct. I'm as the host. On questions, the audience cheers, claps. Now, Mepper Bell as host for the final round of our questions. Alice, what is the most important thing you have learned from meditating? Alice Cooper retorting that it's okay to be yourself, that you don't have to be perfect, that you're enough, you're good enough. Grab the bell, Mr. Magoo. Your answer, your counterpoint, and Mr. Magoo, what is most important thing that you've learned from meditating? Magoo retorting that we are all connected, that we are all one. Grandpa Bill, thank you for both playing. You were both excellent contestants. Audience, give an ovation. I want you to hover on that for a little bit. That's the best I got. I'm going to go deeper on holographic meditation. I use this example as a game show. Alice Cooper, Mr. Magoo, holograms, meditation, peace, love, and unity. Alice Cooper and Mr. Magoo, the unlikely meditation masters. A holographic meditation odyssey, game show that will change the way you think about meditation. Questions: What is the difference between a physical hologram and a digital hologram? What are some of the benefits of meditating with a hologram? What are some of the challenges of meditating with a hologram? How can holograms be used to promote peace and understanding in the world? What is the future of holographic meditation?
This is the segment. We'll take a ten minute. I'm sorry, ten second break. I'm actually kind of sort of envisioning this in my hologram and holographic attempts that ties into <laughs> heart brain connection overall in meditation, but specifically in this case that I've been talking about for I don't know the last three months or so. Freedom snap thought work. With Seth Leaf Brzezinski, each and every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome those that are members of. Please do join us there. And this is just Grandpa Bell's ideas of hanging together <laughs> with all the aforementioned subjects we do talk about here daily. So let's take a break. Ten seconds, and when I come back, I'm going to try to do another little bit of an example based on Alice Cooper, a little bit more predominantly in this next upcoming segment. Keeping an eye on the studio clock, and we'll be right back to do so. Thanks for playing along. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back, and let's take a look at the hologram, holographic viewpoints of Mr. Magoo, Alice Cooper, meditation as a whole. So, overall, Alice Cooper meets Mr. Magoo, holographic meditation. Actually, envisioning myself, envisioning these two with Magoo being basically blind. What's his holographic image versus Alice Cooper's in this stage act to encompass the two, comparing and contrasting? So, Alice Cooper is indeed a famous shock rocker, known for his elaborate stage shows. Controversial lyrics. His holographic image, perceived by many, <laughs> stage-wise, when I witnessed him many, many years ago in Portland, Maine. Basically, when they first were going on tour, when he did his stage act as it pertained to the guillotine in one of the segments of his concert show, where he actually beheaded himself. We're gonna. To that in a moment as well. So, Mr. Magoo. Well, let me say some more about Alice Cooper for those that don't know. After the brilliant career, is a famous shock rocker known for his elaborate stage shows and controversial lyrics. His holographic image is often dark and edgy. In my version of what I witness, what he does, my interpretation of him doing so. With a focus on death and violence, stage show-wise, the stage act is known for its over-the-top theatrics, including guillotines, fake blood, and pyrotechnics. Now comes Mr. Magoo, a cartoon character known for his poor eyesight. I self-efface on that with my own eyesight issues. I talked about that in the archival shows. 
But he's often depicted as being clueless and accident prone. His holographic image, as I would envision him seeing it, first of all, he's a fictitious cartoon character. <laughs> would likely be more lighthearted and comedic than Alex Cooper's in another cell. Mr. Magoo's stage act would probably be more likely to be focused on humor and physical comedy than on the shock value. If Mr. Magoo was on tour, if you will, especially if Jim Backus, the great voice of, so a little comparison and contrasting, if you will, a table of comparing and contrasting Alice Cooper and Mr. Magoo's. Holographic images and stage acts, as Grandpa Bill sees them. In my holographic interpretation of them doing this, so the holographic image, the dark and edgy Alice Cooper, with a focus on death and violence, and Mr. Magoo, lighthearted and comedic. So the stage act. Over-the-top theatrics, including guillotines, fake blood, and pyrotechnics, for Alice Cooper, where Mr. Magoo's would probably be focused on humor and physical comedy. Overall, Alice Cooper's holographic image and stage act are much darker and more edgy than Mr. Magoo's. Alice Cooper's. Is known for shock value, while Mr. Magoo is known more so for his humor and clumsiness. So here's a hypothetical scenario in which Alice Cooper and Mr. Magoo meet in a holographic meditation center. Alice Cooper. Hey, Mr. Magoo, what's up? Mr. Magoo. Oh, hello there. Alice Cooper, I'm just meditating, trying to clear my head. Alice Cooper, meditating. What's that, Mr. Magoo? It's a way to focus. A way to focus. To resonate on the game show element too. I want you to start to blend in along with me because I'm trying to do this right now and I'm hovering on trying to see them in my holograph, my own, as I'm trying to depict this. More so concentrating on focusing in. So let's take that 10-second break. And see if I can focus in a little bit better, and the holographic meditation game show that we did. The recap: Mr. Magoo, Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper, Mr. Magoo. I may be working my way out of this. Thanks for your patience. So. I'm sorry. Okay, so picking it up where Alice Cooper and, and Mr. Magoo are kind of introducing themselves, and both say 
where Mr. Magoo said, "I'm just meditating. I'm trying to clear my head." Alice Cooper again saying, "Meditating? What's that?" Mr. Magoo retorting, "It's a way to focus your mind and body on the present moment, which is what I'm trying to do as Grandpa Bill right now. It can help to reduce stress and anxiety." Alice Cooper retorting, "Well, it sounds boring. I'd rather be on stage shocking the audience with my deity." Mr. Magoo, well, everyone has their own way of relaxing. I find meditation to be very calming and beneficial. Alice Cooper, I guess I could give it a try. What do I actually do? Mr. Magoo, just close your eyes and focus on your breath. Feel the air entering your body and leaving it again. Don't worry about any thoughts or feelings. They come up. Just focus on your breath. Alice Cooper, retorting. Okay, here goes nothing. As he actually closes his eyes, after a few minutes of meditation, Alice Cooper opens his eyes and looks at Mr. Magoo. Alice Cooper saying, "That wasn't so bad. I actually feel a little bit more relaxed now." Mr. Magoo saying, "Saying I'm glad to hear it, Alice. Meditation is a great way to improve your overall well-being." Alice Cooper, maybe I'll start meditating more often. Thanks for teaching me, Mr. Magoo. Mr. Magoo, you're welcome, Alice. I'm always happy to help. Alice Cooper and Mr. Magoo continued to meditate together, finding peace and tranquility in each other's physical company, and pairing off with each other's energy. Based on Mr. Magoo's conversion through the Christmas Carol that I outlined yesterday, in a modern-day society, now having compassion, the ghost of Christmas future, if you will, let's definitely take that 10-second break. We'll come back and I'll try to wrap this up for today, interjecting yet another mnemonic character, Alice Cooper, in the entourage. Of Mr. Blue, celebrating the Christmas season. <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. And gonna ask everybody to stay with me for oh, probably another fifteen to twenty minutes, and gonna try to connect the dots a little bit. So. I'm gonna jump categories, but stay with me because I'm gonna pull it back with Mr. Magoo and Alice Cooper as best I can. So, in and of itself, depending on your sources of the history of globalists and their philosophy, a globalist philosophy is a broad term that encompasses a variety of different ideas. About how to organize the world and its people, depending on viewpoints, you know where you extrapolate your information, referencing it, and so forth. At its core, globalism is the belief that the world is increasingly interconnected, and that we should cooperate, cooperate, to solve global problems. Globalists. 
in probably what the philosophy of it was based on, emphasis on. Bobolus believe in the free movement of goods, people, and ideas. Emphasis on free movement, and they advocate for policies that promote economic integration and cultural exchange. When applied on many of the themes and basis that they were based on, and then whosoever derivation of what the authors were implying. For instance, the roots of globalist philosophy can be traced back to ancient Greece and Rome, where philosophers such as Plato and Aristotle, Dr. Anthony Mativi. Magnetic memory methods talks about a faction of this in a different way. We'll get back to that, but this all ties into a magnetic memory method technique, one of the many that I'm using for all of these examples, holographically talking about different subjects with the techniques I was introduced and enhanced with at Magnetic Memory Methods. Dr. Anthony Mativier, all the videos, his books, his works. His course, his free PDF, his two appearances on my show, and hopefully his third as 2024 becomes embraced around a new book that he's writing about Frank Bruno. Coming, can't wait. So the roots of globalist philosophy can be traced back to ancient Greece and Rome, while philosophers such as Plato and Aristotle did argue for the unity of humankind. However, it was not until the age of exploration that globalism began to emerge as a coherent ideology. As Europeans traveled the world and encountered new cultures, they began to see the world as a more interconnected place. There's a theme for this. There's a reason for this. Interconnected, heart-brain coherence, meditation, connection. Continuing here in the Enlightenment, philosophers such as and here's where it gets controversial. Like any subjects, when people author books on any subject, having never authored one myself, by the way, in the Enlightenment, philosophers such as Immanuel Kant, K-A-N-T, Kant, Kant, and Godfrey Wilhelm Leibniz argued for a cosmopolitan world order based on reason and justice. Kant, in particular, envisioned a world federation of states that would work together to promote peace and prosperity. In the 19th century, globalist ideas were further developed by thinkers such as Karl Marx and John Stuart Mill. Marx argued that capitalism was a global system that required international cooperation. Mill argued that free trade and the free movement of people would benefit all of humanity. In the 20th century, <clears throat> globalism was promoted by international organizations such as <clears throat> the United Nations and the World Trade Organization. These organizations were created after World War II to supposedly prevent future conflicts. And to promote economic development,
I'm letting you hover on that, whether it's Mr. Magoo, Alice Cooper, or any other crazy thing I come up with. I'm letting you guys hover on that. My opinion: possibly two totally useless organizations. Now, continuing, total globalism is the dominant ideology in the world. It is supported by governments, businesses, and civil society groups around the globe. Globalists believe that cooperation is the best way to solve global problems such as climate change, poverty, and inequality. <clears throat> Grandpa Bell queries, "How's that playing out in the world theater arena at the moment?" Hmm. Globalist philosophy and fertility crimes. Some people believe that globalism is a threat to population growth. They argue that globalists want to reduce the world's population in order to control people and resources. The belief is often cited as a justification for fertility crimes, such as forced sterilization and abortion. There is no evidence to support the claim. That globalists want to reduce the world's population, other than perhaps the theater that's playing out in the world arena. Go queries. Many globalists are concerned about the aging population in developed countries and non-developed countries, and the rapid population growth in developing countries. <clears throat> Supposedly, they believe that these trends pose a threat to global economic stability and security. Globalist organizations such as the United States Nations and the World Health Organization used to support family planning and reproductive rights in the way that they were designed. They believed that, that women should have the right to choose how many children that they had and when they had them. They also believe that family planning was essential for reducing poverty and improving maternal and child health. <clears throat> Globalist philosophy is based on the belief that the world is increasingly interconnected, that we should cooperate to solve global problems. Globalists believe in the free movement of goods, people, and ideas. And they advocate for policies that promote economic integration and cultural exchange, not total anarchy. There is no evidence to support the claim that globalists want to reduce the world's population, except the evidence before our very eyes. In fact, many globalists are concerned about the aging population <laughs> in many of the wrong ways in a depopulist slant. So, closing out for today with Alice Cooper, specifically Mr. Magoo, mnemonics. Here's an Alice Cooper holographic mnemonic tune. Alice Cooper, holographic muse, sings of global abuse with songs of deception and confusion. He exposes their collusion. Globalists beware. Alice is here to sing your truth, to make it clear. Your hidden agendas, your lies and schemes. Alice Cooper exposes them. It seems, from forced sterilization to abortion, the globalist agenda is quite contortion. They seek to control us, mind and body. But 
Alice Cooper will not let them get away with that. Oh no! Globalists, beware! Alice is here to sing your truth, to make it clear your hidden agendas, your lies and schemes. Alice Cooper exposes them. It seems the bridge of that song. Alice Cooper, our holographic queen, <laughs> or, or king, in makeup, on stage, in his persona. That he's done for 50 plus years on stage. He, she, he stands for freedom. He stands for truth. He will not let the globalists win. He will fight for us until the very end. His chorus, globalists, beware! Alice is here to sing your truth, to make it clear. Your hidden agendas, your lies and schemes. Alice Cooper exposes them. It seems. Segwaying out, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper, our holographic queen, depicted in makeup on stage. Here she, he, exposes the globalists in their hidden schemes. Alice Cooper, globalism, deception, confusion, truth, freedom. Alice Cooper's globalist blues, the globalist lies. Alice Cooper exposes the truth. We will not be controlled. Alice Cooper's fight for freedom. Alice Cooper's slant via his stage act. This could all be envisioned as fiction or non-fiction. Eyes and ears, definitely of Laura Mars and Big Brother and the Holding Company. Okay. Alice Cooper. We're talking about Alice Cooper's famed stage act with the guillotine in his statement on barbarism and terrorism. Beheadings. Alice Cooper. Thanks for having me. So, Alice, why did you decide to incorporate a guillotine into your stage act? Well, I wanted to do something shocking and controversial. I wanted to make a statement about the violence and the barbarity of the world. The guillotine is a symbol of that violence. I wanted to use it to challenge my audience to think about the world they live in. And what do you think your stage act says about barbarism and terrorism beheadings? It says that they are barbaric and inhumane acts. They are acts of terror and serve no purpose. They are simply acts of violence and hatred. How do you think your stage act affects your audience? I think it makes them think. It makes them question the violence and barbarity of the world. Makes them realize that we can't let these things continue. Do you think your stage act is offensive to some people? Alice Cooper retorting, "Yes, I do, but I think that's okay. I'm not trying to please everyone. I'm trying to make a statement. And what is that statement, Alice Cooper? As I see it, in a hologram, not his words, nothing he's ever said. <laughs> My technique is using him." Okay, Alice Cooper continuing in my example of my hologram that I learned with this technique. That we need to stop the violence and barbarity in the world. We need to stop the terrorism and the beheadings for sure. And we need to create a more peaceful and humane world. Alice Cooper, in his stage act, in a fictitious radio interview, using holograms as a way to meditate, that I do. Continuing in the saga. Thank you, Alice Cooper, for sharing your thoughts with us. Alice Cooper retorting. Hopefully, thank you for having me. <laughs> Myself, Alice Cooper, 
master of shock rock and a powerful voice against barbarism and terrorism. Fertility focus, squeezing in my self-taught attempts in Mandarin each and every day. Yet another magnetic memory technique. So in Mandarin and the Pinyin, as best I can with the inflection of the following: Hong Tian Zong Zong Heo Songyu Fan Zui He Zizhu Fan Am Yui Rangku Jian Seo. Si Quan Xiao Xi Yuhi Yingshang Song Buki Zhangji De Hexan. Alice Cooper from his song Lost in America. Use these exact words when you're contemplating. If you know the lyrics, if you don't, please look them up. I can't get a girl 'cause I ain't got a car. I can't get a car 'cause I ain't got a job. I can't get a job 'cause I ain't got a car. So I'm looking for a girl with a job and a car. Sure, here's Alice's lyrics from his song "Lost in America," translated in Mandarin. The following English too. Again, the English lyrics: I can't get a girl 'cause I can't got a car, 'cause I ain't got a car. I can't get a car 'cause I ain't got a job. I can't get a job 'cause I ain't got a car. So I'm looking for a girl with a job and a car. Don't you know where you are? Lost in America. Mandarin conversion. On those words, those lyrics, indeed, by Alice Cooper in the real world on a stage act in one of his many songs over a 50-year career. Segwaying out my best attempt and translating that in Mandarin for those lyrics. Oh, miu. Shi suyo zabadu deo nubenjeu omio konzeu soye meu shi omeu se chi soyo zabadeo konzui soye wo zie zongeo ije yo konziwa e she die nuye nai pu ziado nai zie nalia ma. One last time in English, and I'll see you all tomorrow. Those lyrics <laughs> in English, which I struggle with. I can't get a girl 'cause I ain't got a car. I can't get a car 'cause I ain't got a job. I can't get a job 'cause I ain't got a car. So I'm looking for a girl with a job and a car. Don't you know where you are? Lost in America, Alice Cooper. Bye bye for now, and may God bless. We'll continue these examples. Meditation to characterization of mnemonics to the magnetic memory method technique. In my case, bye bye for now, and may God bless. Peace, everybody.